KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. My name is Matt Leon. As the COVID-19 pandemic continues, we're keeping an eye on the housing market and mortgages, specifically the number of people who aren't able to pay their mortgage because they are out of work because of the pandemic. More than 4 million people missed a mortgage payment in May, and that is more than twice as many as we saw at the end of March. So what does this all mean now, and what does it mean going forward? For some answers, we spoke with David Wilk, Assistant Professor of Finance and Director of the Real Estate Program at Temple University. Fox School of Business. We also have some interesting discussion about the world of commercial real estate as well. Give a listen. What is your level of concern about the state of the housing mortgage market? I mean, we're more than three months into the pandemic and you're starting to see a lot of alarming numbers of people not able to make mortgage payments. Uh, I think more than 4 million were at least 30 days late on a mortgage payment or were already in foreclosure at the end of last month. Uh, How concerned are you about all this when it comes to the real estate market? I think the biggest concern is that we have a a lot of uncertainty still out there. And the media that we hear broadcasting updates and news have created a lot of psychological impact in terms of people being afraid to make decisions, people being much more worried about what the future may hold. And that is never good for real estate markets because it creates hesitation and it also can have a herd mentality in terms of people just not doing anything. And I think on the residential side, it's starting to permeate by the number of uh, mortgage payments that are not being made right now. And on the commercial side, it's really had a devastating effect on the number of deals that have just been put on hold or maybe have have just stopped or been terminated. So I think that's really the key is that the uncertainty is driving behavior. And as you know, home buying and home selling is a very emotional process because it's not always done as an investment. It's more a function or reaction to people's lifestyles. So I am concerned, but I also noticed that there was some positive news based on information I read from Black Knight's mortgage service, which talked about the fact that delinquencies went up very much in May, but seemed to be cresting in June. But again, we don't have a crystal ball, but at least it's not all bad. And I think that it's kind of a wait and see attitude towards how bad or how much better it gets. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there are like federal, some state programs that are in place to kind of help people with their mortgages, if not help them financially, uh, not allow a missed payment to hurt like it would in normal times. Uh, but what happens if we hit a point where these programs start to be lifted? Could we see kind of a wave of, of new problems? Yes, I think there is the potential for that. And I'm an eternal optimist, but the programs that I understand are in effect, and I'm not a universal expert on all this, but I am, I try to stay knowledgeable. What mortgage companies are doing now is they are offering forbearance agreements uh, for maybe 90 days where a borrower 
cannot make their payment and not get a late ding on their credit report and also not get late charges on the payments. But after that 90-day period, the initial concept is they would have to make all those payments back to get back to current. So the good news is that it gives them temporary relief. The bad news is if there's no additional relief or options at the end of that 90-day period, what the borrower basically is facing is three months' worth of mortgage payments that are due immediate within a 30-day period in order to avoid default and potential foreclosure. So I think that that is where the potential problem could occur, is that we get to the end of this 90-day period, the borrowers may not have their jobs back, and they may not have the liquidity to be able to make those three payments that were deferred. And then the mortgage holder has no choice but to take it to another level. But there's talk about that also being adjusted if the COVID situation continues to grow as a problem. I know in 2008, it was a housing crisis, but it was different situation, obviously, where that was more banks gave money to lenders that probably couldn't pay and it spiraled out of control. Here, it's just with so many people out of work on furlough and while in this area we're starting to get back, is there concern that a virus crisis, a public health crisis, an economic crisis all of a sudden becomes a housing crisis because if it, enough people can't make their mortgage payments, the banks start to suffer and we just see ripple effects out of that? I think that there will there certainly will be ripple effects if the unemployment level stays where it is and you know 30 million people are have filed for unemployment but there's also some counterfactors out there it's pretty safe to say that the mortgage interest rates will not rise dramatically between now and the end of the year for two reasons. One, the Fed is really an active participant in keeping the economy going. And number two, we have a presidential election coming up in November, and neither party is going to want to see the economy, the mortgage rates change dramatically. And I, I also feel like there's, another, there's a, a different type of overhang this time And that is that companies are still in the process of deciding if there's more layoffs in store, if there's more furloughs, if there's a kind of a productivity redesign within organizations that require less human capital, that requires less real estate space, and that really changes the dynamic of many companies as well. So you also have that overhang. And then I think the, the other thing that you have is that there were businesses and companies that made tremendous amounts of money from buying foreclosed homes and renting them out and then reselling them at a certain point in the future. As a matter of fact, Blackstone, which is probably the largest private equity firm out there, They had billions of dollars that they put into acquiring foreclosed properties in Florida, Las Vegas, Arizona, 
the beaches in California. So unfortunately, they are now putting plans together to capitalize on the future uh, potential of another round of massive foreclosures. So the banks now know that they actually have a liquidation pathway, which is a little bit concerning because it may either motivate them or demotivate them to work through individual mortgage situations um, more in more of a way than they did back in the recession. So it's, it's super complicated. There are so many moving parts and there's predatory slash opportunistic investors that are out there seeing a pathway to make money. And then there's the, my heart breaks for people that um, had nothing to do with COVID and their businesses and the small business is just, my heart is just aching for small business owners because they did nothing wrong. And if you're a small business owner and your ability to pay your mortgage is based on your ability to generate income from your business, then you're getting a double whammy at this point because you can't control the future revenue of your business to be able to control the future disposable income you have for your mortgage. And so imagine, I just can't imagine the double stress of have trying to keep your business alive as well as trying to keep your home. So I think uh, I'm praying that there is a, 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 an empathy towards that on the part of policymakers and on the part of the people in the mortgage business to make sure that that type of suffering is not as painful as it might be. You've followed, worked with this for a long time. Is there anything, any kind of situation that you hearken back to that is any kind of similarity? I mean, we mentioned the the housing crisis 2008, 2009, the uncertainty, I guess, the just the overall consistent uncertainty. The only thing that's certain is more uncertainty. Have you, has there ever <laughs> been a period like this with regards to, to real estate, mortgage market, stuff like that? No, I think this is pretty unique. And the biggest reason is because we're talking about human life and we're talking about a 120,000 people have perished, God rest their souls. And we don't know whether we're at the crest or the, the peak of the problem or if this is something that will continue to be a huge uh, factor in all of our decision making for the next year or so, and I, I don't, I think it's pretty unprecedented. And I, an example, an anecdote would be, I spoke to a, a client and friend of mine who's down in Kentucky. He runs the University of Kentucky's research park and huge economic developer. And he said to me, "My wife and I have pretty much made a decision." that we're not going anywhere or doing anything until there's a vaccine. Because at least we'll know that there's some control or some mechanism in place to to keep people healthy from this horrible scourge of this virus. And so you have that type of attitude, which is, and how much impact is that segment of the market that feels the same way that George and his wife does? 
how much will that affect the future? And then you have people who think that this is all a hoax and that we're, you know, that this is just overblown political rhetoric and that this isn't a real serious problem. So it, it really has, has me very concerned more about human behavior and people's actions, which always are the central core of any market activity, right? People's actions and attitudes drive market activity. So I think that it's, it's unprecedented because we don't know when it's going to be safe to resume normal living. And that's the unprecedented part of it. And yet at the same time, while, I mean, the restaurant business has been devastated and I've had some experience in the restaurant business on a personal level. And even when everything's going well, you you run such thin margins when you're a restaurateur that trying to make your margins work with 30% capacity or 60% capacity or, you know, only being able to open or seat people outside or whatever that is. I don't know how you ever recover from that. And so there's a whole segment of the market and retailers, the same thing, you know, where they're still not at a hundred percent. And so those are two segments that are dramatically affected and, and really have super high levels of uncertainty. Uh, and then you look at that and you look at all of the craziness in the economy, overlay that with all of the horrible stories that have been happening around uh, racial injustice and the mistreatment of, of any protected class of citizens in our country. And you say, wow, take that with the COVID. And, and, then the, and, and here we are with record low mortgage rates and with the stock market still going up. Um, you know, and and people still pouring money into the capital market. So I have never seen anything so confusing and hard to interpret. And I think the the solution on that is that without less uncertainty, the market's going to continue to meander unpredictably, which is not a good thing. We've talked and focused, I think, mostly on residential, but I know you do a lot of stuff with commercial real estate, follow that market. Am I being overdramatic saying the commercial real estate market is never going to be the same? I think that the interesting thing about commercial and industrial markets is that they're localized and segmentized, just like real estate, residential real estate. So believe it or not, there are segments of the commercial and industrial market that are actually doing really well. The industrial market, for example, uh, the vacancy rates in industrial properties are at historic lows because e-commerce and distribution and supply chain and logistics have really created incredible demand for industrial real estate. So that is a, a real haven within today's market, and it's gotten stronger, gotten even stronger over the COVID period because people can't go to stores anymore with e-commerce. On the retail side, retail is really been decimated. So that is really hard to watch, especially even, and, you know, I call them kind of the, the big boys, but the big boys like Simon, who's the largest mall owner in the country, 
I mean, they're still not even close to having all of their properties open and running again. And that locally, that includes King of Prussia Mall, which is still effectively closed until maybe later, until later this month or maybe even this week. And then on the restaurant side, that restaurant has been decimated. Hotel and hospitality has been decimated. Uh, And I think what the general consensus is that office space is going to experience a huge adjustment. And there's some question as to whether suburban office space will become the darling because it takes away mass transit and uh, it gives social distancing a better chance and makes people more comfortable. So that the whole idea of being able to get hundreds of thousands or millions of people every day via mass transit into the city to work, that may be tested by what we see happening with the reopening of New York and so the reopening of Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia at whatever times and other big cities at whatever times that happens. So the office, it's clear that retail is going to bottom out and hopefully only get better because it can't get worse than being closed. Restaurants will be a huge separation or paring down where the strongest restaurants will survive and be able to reopen and the others will not. So there'll be a natural, there'll be an attrition in the restaurant business, hotels the same way. Some of them may, you know, will hopefully return to profitable levels. Um, And then office, I think office is the one that nobody really has any idea what the ultimate toll will be. And apartments have actually stayed really strong. But what's interesting is, you know, again, on the localized and segmentized comment, uh, apartment complexes have are segmentized so that the higher end, if you think of apartments as being A, B, and C, the A's and the B pluses all the way down to maybe the B minuses have maintained really high occupancy and there's many more being delivered to the market. But the B minus and the C's and below have seen their vacancy rates and rent collection patterns go down because those are really the market segments that are being most affected by job losses and layoffs and and you know working in the service industries like hotels and us and restaurants and hospitality. So, but what's really been interesting on the residential side, just to kind of pop, is that I read something about the fact that uh, new home sales are actually the only, the one of the big segments in residential that are going up because people are like the idea of going into a house that's new and that no one's been in. And that that is the higher preference to a previously occupied home because there's no worry about covid or other types of issues with that so so you know it's so funny uh matt you know you have the real dark spots right and then you have these little uh light tunnels a light at the end of the tunnel in new housing the biggest problem with new housing is there's not enough inventory because going back to the recession of 10 years ago there was a, um, a lack of new residential lots being developed because there were so many lots that needed to be absorbed that got caught up in the recession. 
time. So it's kind of had a pendulum swing in that direction. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.